Well, welcome to 2024. God's been good to lead us into the new year. I pray that your heart is excited, your heart is moved to see what God can do, because God is able. As we start the year, I have a question for you. What are you searching for? What are you looking for? Because as you know, we spend a lot of time looking for things that are important, valuable, and that are needed in our life. Many of us, we spend part of the morning looking for our wallet, our keys, our cell phone, even our sanity. Parents, you know, you see your kids sometimes in the morning, they are looking for their homework, their shoes, their backpack, their coat, even their mind, it seems. And moms, 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 you guys are always searching for something that is so elusive. A clean house, obedient kids, and peace and quiet. I'm praying that you find that this year a little more than you did last year. And Google knows the importance of searching. They built their entire business upon it. And every year they do something called a year in search. They give a report on what people search for. So today I wanna start by sharing you some of the things that you search for in 2023. Number one, the most popular question was, where's my refund? (laughs) Apparently you had your mind on your money and your money on your mind. And I just wanna remind you, tax day is coming. It's still April 15th. Number two, the most searched for person It wasn't Jesus Christ as it should have been. It was Taylor Swift. It seems as though she had a really great year. Number three, the most searched for website. This was actually a little bit of a surprise to me. On google.com, the most searched for website was Google. Get this, people were going to Google to search for Google. I don't know how that works, but uh, that's what they were searching for. Number four, the most searched for fashion or beauty items was hair and tattoos. In fact, I think my wife was searching for a tattoo. I don't know what's happening with her, but, uh, and I'm searching for hair. So if you find it, let me know. (laughs) And just so you know, here in San Antonio, we were the only place in the entire US where the term dessert near me was a top search. So here's here's what this tells me is that here in San Antonio, all we need is cake and Jesus Christ, and we're good. All we need is pan dulce and Padre Nuestro, and we're good. But more importantly, spiritually, what are you searching for? I want you to be selective and specific about what you're searching for, because more often than not, what we search for, we find. In fact, someone once said that our focus determines our future. Be selective and intentional about what you're searching for. In fact, I believe that this year, God's inviting us to search for more of him, more of his presence, more of his power, more of his peace, more of who he is, more of what he can give to us. And in 2024, we're not only gonna search for more, we're also gonna believe for more. In fact, that's the vision of our church for 2024. We are gonna believe for more. In fact, I wanna invite you to say this as a faith declaration from your heart with all of your heart. Say it with me, believe for more. We need to believe for more. We need to believe that God can and will do everything he says in his word. We need to believe for more. So believe for more. 
for your family and your friends. Believe for more for your marriage, your kids, and your children and your students. Believe for more for your neighbors and your coworkers. Believe for more for your finances and for your future. Believe for more for this church and our community. This year, believe for more. Let it be something that God awakens in your spirit to believe for more. You see, a belief is more than just a wish or a dream, more than just a good idea, more than just a compelling thought, more than just a guiding principle or a vision that we align our life to. A belief is a deeply held conviction. It's something that we're convinced of. So here's some examples of things that all of us are convinced of. Number one, this is what I believe, is that the IRS is going to send me a tax bill this year. I believe that all of us are gonna be older next year. Hopefully not this year, but next year we'll be older. And I believe that the Dallas Cowboys will win in the NFL playoffs this year. Now that might just be a hope or a wish, but I'm believing. I'm saying, God help them, please, help them win. And not only are we gonna believe for more, we're gonna believe for God's more. Because sometimes we get into this pattern where we believe for more, this idea of name it, claim it, God, I want this, I want a Ferrari, I want, I want an extra $200,000. Like, we ask for things that may or may not be in God's will. But if we believe for God's more, God can and he will fulfill it. Because that's directly what he wants for us. <clears throat> if we believe for God's more, we can receive God's more. And beliefs are spiritually necessary. Beliefs are spiritual anchors for the soul. Just like boats need to be anchored or they'll drift. Our souls need to be anchored or will drift. We need to believe in something that's bigger, that's higher, that's more unshakable than we are. And that's the person of Jesus Christ. We need to believe for more. In fact, researchers have found that beliefs are mental constructs that are physically written or encoded in the mind. I would dare say on the authority of scripture that beliefs are not only mental constructs, they're also spiritual constructs that are physically encoded in the mind. The Bible tells us that he has written eternity on the hearts and minds of people. There's something within us that has the desire to believe. Without vision, the people perish. We need something to hold on to. So today we have two options when it comes to believing. We can either believe in God's future reality, which is called faith, or we can, we can believe in the lies of the enemy, which is called doubt. Doubt says, expect less. Faith says, expect more. Doubt says, God can't. Faith says, God will. Doubt says, look backwards, and faith says, look forward. So with that in mind, I wanna invite you to join me in Isaiah chapter 54, verses one and two, and while you're turning there, let me give you a little bit of context about what's happening in this passage. God is speaking through the prophet Isaiah to a discouraged nation. They've been in disobedience, and they've been in disobedience, and there's been desolation in the land. People are discouraged, they have no hope. And in this passage, God speaks to his people as though they are a barren woman 
who has no hope, no prospects, no future. God was speaking prophetically to them then and he's also speaking prophetically to us today. So I invite you to open up your heart, but more importantly, your spirit to what God is speaking to us today. Isaiah chapter 54, verses one and two, I invite you to open up your Bible and your Westover app. Just as a reminder, our Westover app has notes that you can use to follow along. You can also copy them so you can take notes along as well. This is what verse one says. Sing, barren woman, you who never bore a child, burst into song, shout for joy, you who were never in labor, because more are the children of the desolate woman than of her who has a husband, says the Lord. He's saying, yes, women who are married have children, but God can birth things spiritually more than what we can think or even imagine. And look at what God says in verse two to her and to us. Enlarge the place of your tent. Stretch your tent curtains wide. Do not hold back. Lengthen your cords. Strengthen your stakes. We need to believe for more. Let me give you some context. In ancient times, it was the responsibility of the woman of the house to set up the tent. That was a household responsibility. So, babe, the next time we go camping, it's right there. That's your job. By the way, she doesn't like camping, so that's never going to happen. What's interesting here is that God, he asks a barren woman to do something a barren woman would never do. He's asking her to make room for children even though she's childless. And in this, God is teaching us a spiritual principle. I want to invite you to read between the lines. And I want you to hear the voice of God to her and to us. What God is telling her is enlarge your faith, enlarge your expectancy of what I can do. Don't look at what you can see. Listen to what you believe. He's saying, prepare today for what I promise tomorrow. He's saying, you may be barren today, but you will be fruitful tomorrow. In fact, what I'm stirring up within you is something brand new. And I believe that spiritually, God is telling us that this year is pregnant with possibility. And today, he wants to birth new dreams and new vision and new capacity and a new future for us. He has something new to give to us. I believe prophetically that your season of spiritual barrenness is over. God's about to lead you into a season of fruitfulness, but we must believe for more. In other words, what God is telling her and us is make room for more. Make room for more. Make room for more. We must make room for more to receive God's more. You see, belief is not enough. We must believe and behave to receive God's more. We must align our life with our belief. So as a church, we're gonna make room for more. We're gonna build on what God has done already at Westover. Today, I wanna share with you a spiritual impact report. Over the last three years, our church has grown significantly. We've grown over 20% the last three years in a row. In fact, we are up 24% today in comparison to January of last year. 
We have 550 kids in kids ministry, 400 students in student ministry, and God is growing us immensely. In fact, our our Spanish ministry has doubled in size in a year. And the space they're in, they have no more room. In the upper room, there's no more room to accommodate more people. So what are we gonna do? We are going to enlarge the place of our tent. We're gonna make room for more people. Also, just so you know, over the past two years, Westover, by the grace of God, has been listed as one of the top 100 fastest growing churches in America. And to God be the glory. But it gets even better. You see, over 4,500 people have either said yes to following Jesus for the first time or they've recommitted their life to Jesus. 4,500. 550 people have declared their faith in Jesus Christ through water baptism. 150 people have been infilled with the Holy Spirit and they've been given a heaven prayer language. And this year we believe that God's not done. We're gonna believe for more and we're gonna make room for more. In fact, here are some of the things that we believe. We believe that this year more people will come to meet and follow Jesus. We believe also that there's gonna be more people who are filled with the Holy Spirit. We believe that kids are gonna discover that God is real and that he loves them. We believe that students are gonna discover their God-given purpose. We believe that people are gonna step in and serve. We believe that more people will be healed in parking lots and in workplaces and in the highways and byways of life. We believe that kids are gonna speak prophetically under the anointing of the Holy Spirit. We believe that God is gonna reach more people in our community than ever before. And we believe that God is gonna continue to send more people to this church. So we're gonna make room for more people. Starting the first weekend of February, we're adjusting our service schedule. We're adding an additional English service on Sunday and we're transitioning Spanish to Saturday night. We are gonna make room for more people. As long as God sends more people to this church, we're gonna make room for them. Because we can't send them away. If God is sending them to us, we can't send them away. And if Jesus died on the cross for them, we need to make room for them. I'm willing to adjust my calendar and my schedule to accommodate more people. Practically, here's some of the benefits. We believe that immediately you will sense that there is more space in the parking lot and more space in our kids and our student environments. We also believe that inviting people will be a lot easier. More room means more opportunity to invite more people to church. We also believe with Spanish ministry transitioning into the main auditorium that immediately we'll be able to double our capacity to minister to your students. We are gonna make room for more people because God is sending them to us. So we're gonna prepare today for what God will do tomorrow. We're gonna enlarge our tent today in expectation for what God will do tomorrow. I also believe that God is challenging us to become what we believe. To become what we believe. So hear the word of the Lord to you. Become what you believe. Become what you believe. Become what you believe and you will receive God's more. Become what you believe and you'll receive God's more. We're gonna put feet to our faith. We're gonna align 
our behaviors with our belief. We're gonna live out an expectant life. I believe prophetically that spiritual expansion is coming to this church and we must be willing to step into it even before we see it. We must become what we believe. And so here's what we're gonna do to start the year. We're gonna put Jesus first in everything. We're gonna put him at the center, we're gonna put him first. You see, when Jesus is first, we'll never come in second. We're gonna put him first. We're gonna prioritize our relationship with him. Here's five ways to put Jesus first in the new year. Number one, fast and pray for 21 days. We're gonna create the opportunity for God to speak to us. We're gonna say no to what we like to share our love with someone that we love who is Jesus. We're gonna say we're gonna set aside the distractions. We're gonna get rid of the spiritual clutter in our life and we're gonna fast and pray. We're gonna seek his heart. Become what you believe. Here's the second way to put Jesus first. Read the Bible every day. If you have enough time to scroll on your phone, you have enough time to read your Bible. Get to know him personally. Let him speak to you. Every time you open up the Bible, be willing to say, Jesus, I just need you to speak to me. He'll meet you at your point of expectation. Let him speak to you. In fact, as a church, we've tried to make it as easy as possible. If you go to the YouVersion Bible app, you can find us as your church and you can select us as your church. Just go to the little magnifying glass and search for Westover Hills. You can select us as your church and then we invite you to find a Bible plan. And I wanna encourage you to do that today. Make Westover your home church on that Bible app because this evening I'm gonna send out a Bible plan that's 21 days on prayer and fasting. It'll help you discover about what prayer and fasting is all about. And I invite our life groups to do it together. I'm inviting you as family and friends to do it together. Find a way to grow in your faith together. Become what you believe. Here's the third way to put Jesus first. Attend church every weekend. It takes time to reset habits. We have habits in our life. Parents, one habit you love is you love to send your kids to school. I want you to discover the joy of coming to church. First and foremost, to meet with the king, allow him to speak to you, but also to be in the midst of a community of believers. Many of you, you go to workplaces where the people around you don't believe in Jesus. When you come here, you're gonna find people who love Jesus and who love you. Make church a priority. Communicate to your family that faith is important and that pursuing God's presence is important. Someone said, don't schedule your priorities. Instead, prioritize your schedule. Become what you believe. Here's the fourth way to put Jesus first. Join the Pray First prayer class every Wednesday in the month of January. We're gonna make prayer our first response, not our last resort. We're gonna discover what prayer is all about. We're gonna discover how a conversation with Jesus every day can transform our life. We're gonna become what we believe. And so today as I close, I wanna invite you to stand. I want you to dial into what God wants to do. And here's the fifth way we're gonna put Jesus first. We're gonna worship wholeheartedly. We're gonna worship wholeheartedly. Recently I had the privilege of going to see a Cowboys game with my son. 
and my brother and my nephew. We went to Dallas, we were in the stadium, and it was electric. I'd never been to a game before, and I gotta tell you, it was better in person than it is watching on a screen because everybody was engaged, everybody was leaning in, everybody was cheering their very best. They were giving their very best to their favorite team. And yes, by the way, they won. But as I was driving home, God was stirring something in my heart. And the question that kept resonating in my spirit was, who or what gets your very best? Is it your job? Is it your phone? Is it your hobby? Is it the thing you do on your off time? Is it your favorite sports team or is it Jesus? I think for many of us, if we're honest, we cheer more for our favorite team than we do worshiping God. And I believe God is saying, come back to me. That team can't save you, but I can. Imagine what would happen in our life and in our faith if we put Jesus first, if we gave him all the worship that he deserves. Imagine what would happen if we had just the complete abandon, not caring what anyone thinks of us, to worship God wholeheartedly, whether at church or at work or at home, the way those sports fans did at that stadium just a couple days ago. Imagine what would happen in our spirit and in our home if our kids saw us worshiping, if they saw us worshiping God and reading his word and crying out to him and seeking God's heart for them and for their life and for their future. What would happen if we as a church chose to worship God wholeheartedly? Imagine the miracles that would break out in our life, in the lives of other people, if we were completely dialed into who God is. We must become what we believe. It can't just be something that we say, it has to be something we live out. And so today, we start off the year by worshiping and we're gonna end with worship. And I'm inviting you to step into God's goodness today. Don't wait another weekend to worship him today. So I'm gonna invite everyone to raise their hands, even those of you who have never raised your hands before. I know it feels weird, but there's something about us taking a step of faith. The Bible says that as we draw near to him, he draws near to us. Jesus, we come to you. We're starting the year by giving you all the worship you deserve. We're joining heaven in worshiping you because heaven worships you wholeheartedly. We're gonna hold nothing back. We're gonna lift you up because you are worthy. You are worthy, you are worthy. And so we lift you up. We praise you today. In Jesus' name, and everyone said, Amen. Our altars are open. I invite you to come and give God your very best praise. Let's worship together.